Hey, this is Dalton Pence, host of Locked On Louisville. And this is Ken Gibbs, host of Locked On Wolfpack. And you're listening to a special crossover podcast featuring, as we mentioned, the Locked On Louisville and the Locked On Wolfpack podcast. Season is a little over two months away, but hey, it is not a bad time to talk about a possible matchup that could have some big implications when it comes to the ACC championship game. That is obviously between the Louisville Cardinals and the NC State Wolfpack. Um, A lot coming to you on this episode of the show. We're going to begin by discussing how much are we taking away from the Wolfpack's win last season and how much is being applied to this year's squad. We'll also uh, also talk about the uh, upcoming expectations for both teams. And then in the final segment, we will focus on um, just the overall fears of the opposing team. You know, looking into it into a vacuum. So, Kenton, I, I guess my first question really um, is kind of a general question, so to speak. How much do you take away from a victory or a loss in the year prior when you're talking about you know trying to predict um, a, a future matchup in the next season? Well, well, first of all, let me say this right. So. I don't want any Louisville fans to get mad at me because I love me some Louisville. Y'all are one of my favorite teams in the ACC. Uh, your <laughs> women's basketball program, elite. It's a reason that it's always NC State, Louisville at the end there. And any year it's not that. It's a disappointment to the conference, let's be honest. Um, and with right. that being said, whenever people ask me who's the best player you ever played against or what saw or saw play against live and, and in the flesh, I always say Lamar Jackson because it's, it's not even close. It's not – I, I saw James. I played against the Jameis Winston team that lit everybody up in, in that uh, loss to Oregon in the semifinals the year after they won it all. I saw him in person. I saw I played against Deshaun Watson. And I'm telling you, I've never seen anything like uh, Lamar Jackson. So, Louisville fans, know that I'm on your side. I love it. I, I love it. The, the KFC Center, the Yum Center, the, the you know, Papa John's uh, uh, Stadium, I love it all. But now, let's get down to the nitty gritty. How much do I take away from NC State winning last year? Honestly, not that much. Not that much. And, and here's why I say not that much. While I don't think that um, I don't think that Louisville got exponentially better, the thing is, we all know that the quarterback is the most important position in sports by a mile, and or in football by a mile rather. And with that being said, uh, Malik Cunningham is one of the most dangerous uh, individuals in the nation. Like there's there's no if ands or buts about it, but he suffers from a lot of the same things that Lamar did, and he doesn't have much help. Like his his receiving core, his tight end core, the backs have not done they've done precious little to make me say they scare me, they they concern me. You have to watch out for the quarterback and this guy. So with that mm-hmm. being said, I mean I I guess my my takeaway from last year would be I'm, I'm i wouldn't be expecting too much different of a game because the game plan was simple uh if you're gonna if if malik cunningham is gonna beat you he has to do it with his arm and if he has to beat you with his arm that's fine everybody man up check uh find a guy lock on to him make him beat us like that we didn't disguise any coverages or do anything crazy on the back end against uh louisville it was very simply a situation where we said man for man in the secondary we're better than y'all, and we'll we'll go out there and prove it. And I mean, we did. I agree. I agree. And the only, I think that I'm kind of in the same line of thinking with you. The only real reason why I would 
um, you know, give any substance from last year's game is because Louisville does have a lot returning. And, you know, having Devin Leary back for NC State, there's a lot of familiarity there, but there still are some moving parts. Um, so I, and it's been kind of hard because the the NC State game for Louisville was kind of one of those head scratchers because it, it seemed like through the first three quarters that I'm not sure how the Cardinals were even winning the game because yeah, they were up 10 to seven going into the fourth quarter, but it seemed like they had shot themselves in the foot a couple times with uh, turnovers and, you know, some dropped passes and, and some miscoverages and stuff like that. But when the fourth quarter came about, well, Devin Leary and company did what Devin Leary and company pretty much did all season long. And that was exploit the opposing secondary. So, you know, really, in my opinion, I'm kind of in the same line of thinking as you, but the only reason I, I would even like give it any entertaining thought is because both quarterbacks are coming back. Well, well, yes. And, and from that, so I'll say this, I'll say this, that game was a game where NC state had to prove that it was not the NC state team that it was in the past. And Part of that was losing games that they should have won. And that game against Louisville was a game that you look at it on paper and you say, not only should you win this game to a degree, you should probably dominate. I mean, as much, again, as much as I love Louisville, you got to be honest about what is or is not there. And the fact of the matter is, you look at NC State and the only thing that you say, well, this should give Louisville a lot of hope is that I believe that was either the game that, Isaiah Moore tore his ACL, or it might have been a game before that. I can't remember. Uh, but I believe he was out for that game. Um, so I think that that was a moment where you say, like, okay, this could be a, a, a moment for Louisville. But even in that game, NC State did not do some things well that they flatly needed to, that they flatly should have. The fact that their leading rusher was Bam Knight with 20-some-odd yards. Like, that is – that in and of itself is madness to say, okay – your leading rusher on a team that prides themselves on doing a little bit of everything well, prides itself on offensive balance, which, I mean, objectively last season, that wasn't the case. It became the Devin Leary right. show because we couldn't run the ball. But at that point in time, it was still early enough in the season where we wanted to still uh, try at running the ball. It it was embarrassing. You know what I mean? I mean, 23 yards on 11 carries is, is a lackluster to say the least. But again, the, the key for NC State was winning the games that you're supposed to win, even if some things don't go right. The running game did not go right. To Louisville's credit, that front seven played out of their minds that game. They really did. And the secondary played exceedingly well for about three and a half quarters. But like you said, the fourth quarter, the wheels just kind of came off for Louisville. Yeah, and I, I do agree. I, I will say as a little bit of a rebuttal is that it, it wasn't a um, – it wasn't uh, an anomaly in terms of the the rushing defense because it, it's kind of crazy because the rushing defense coming into the season was supposed to be one of the aspects of the defense where we're kind of like eh, what, what's going to go you know going to go on here but it, you know throughout the season you know the Louisville defense on the ground really really you know showed out I know that Duke and Syracuse weren't the greatest teams but two teams that ran the ball well Mateo Durant had under 100 yards and then Sean Tucker and Garrett Schrader both got bottled up for the Syracuse Orange in a uh, dramatic way so not necessarily saying it, it was a lockdown defense per se and, and not necessarily going as far as saying that oh I expected NC State not to run the ball um, you know to any success it, it, it isn't the most far-fetched thing to say is because I was very, very impressed with what the Cardinals did front seven-wise, but 
the secondary and the coverages, we saw it. You know, you go up against one of the best passing arms in the ACC. I mean, we saw it against Brendan Armstrong a couple weeks prior to that. It was kind of Louisville's kryptonite, and I don't know what it was about Louisville and fourth quarter debacles, but kind of reared its ugly head. And and let me say this. In saying that, you know, Louisville's front seven, again, they showed out a lot last year. They they did. I know, there's no debating that. What I'm saying is you had the first offensive player taken in the NFL draft this last year, anchor of your offensive line, and you couldn't muster up more than two yards per carry? I Listen, I don't care how bad the boys across <laughs> the ball from you are. If you have the first offensive player off the board in the biggest of the leagues, the best league that there is, we're not talking, you know, no disrespect to these guys. We're not talking the CFL, the AFL, the, no. the XFL. We're talking the, the, the big leagues now, the guys who are going to make life-changing money off just their rookie contract. And for whatever reason, the Pancake King of Raleigh couldn't open any holes. For whatever reason, you know, it, it's so – it is a, a moment where I look at that game and I say that there is. So the more I think about it, the more I think, you know, with a lot of players coming back, there will be um, some familiarity and some aspects of like, all right, we know what this team can do. But I, I still think that there isn't much to take away from that, only because many of the players for NC State, at least, who showed up the biggest will no longer be here. Omeka Amezi had a hell of a game that game. I don't know if I can say hell. He always, he always does against Louisville. There's, that's not new. <laughs> and that's the thing. That's the thing, right? So who's right. going to step into that role, right? I've sounded like uh, Bill Murray and Groundhogs. They repeatedly said, this is Devin Carter's year. Devin Carter's got all the tools. He's going to show up this year. And every year he's proving me wrong. Is this the year where he finally shows up? Who knows? Is Anthony Smith going to be the big-time player that we saw him be last year? Is Keon Lassane, is Porter Rook? Who's going to step into that role? We know Thayer Thomas is going to be the old reliable. We know he's going to do what he's going to do. But you need somebody to step into that role because, like we've talked about, Louisville's front seven, it could be uh, the island of misfit toys. It could be a bunch of five stars. It could be a bunch of no names. Somehow, someway, Louisville's front seven always finds a way to be decent against the run. So, with that being said, um, we're going to have to find a way to have guys make big plays when it matters. Because if you can't beat Louisville with the big bomb, you're going to have a tough time beating them. That is very true. And I love that you kind of started talking about some guys that needed that or that need to step up. That's a perfect segue into talking about some of the expectations that we have for both teams. There's one question that I'm going to put, uh, put you on the spot with to start out the second, um, segment of the show we'll talk about that here in just a second after we talk about our friends over at rock auto with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry when you have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket it allows you to save time and money it's a family business Serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. The prices are reliably, reliably low for every customer. And look, they have everything you could ever need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today at rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. 
Thanks again, everyone, for making both Locked On the Louisville and Locked On the Wolfpack your first listen of the day. Just a reminder, both shows are free on all streaming services, five days a week, your team every day. Dalton Pence here with Kenton Gibbs on this special Locked On crossover podcast. Kenton, the big question that I was referring to in terms of expectations, is this ACC championship game or bust for the NC State Wolfpack this season? You know, this is that's a tough one. That's a tough one. But Clemson's better. I'm gonna Clemson say this. is a lot better. I, I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say it. Um, you know, there was an old song. Um, if you, if, if I can't remember who made it, but it was a one of those old quartets, and they said, "If you don't know me by now, you will never." Dorn, it's your time. If you don't win it by now, you ain't never gonna win it. This is your year, big dog. This is your year to get it done. And let me explain something to you. I, I agree that Clemson is should be better than they were last year, right? Clemson had a ton of injuries, all that good stuff. I don't think that people are, are properly giving credit to how good Brent Venables is. I, that's, I no, that's really fair. Know. That's very, very fair. I really <laughs> – so – I want to take go back to a play that I talk about and locked on Wolfpack fans, locked on ACC fans. I've heard me talk about this play a lot, but bear with me because locked on Louisville fans might not. There was a play in the college football playoff, Clemson against Ohio State. This is Justin Fields who thrown like 40 touchdowns to like three or four interceptions, right? And one of those interceptions came against Clemson in the playoff to Isaiah Simmons, who many people thought, oh, he's an edge rusher. Well, maybe he's a Mike linebacker. Well, what does he do? On the play where he caught the interception, do you know where he was playing on the field? The deep no. half. He was playing oh, the wow. deep half. A guy that many people said, is he a nickel? Is he an edge? Is he, a... he was playing a deep half because of the blitz look. And he made a play on the ball to make it in, to get an interception. I don't mm-hmm. think that people properly put into perspective uh, a guy who could make Tanner Mays a second rounder, a guy who could do, and this is no disrespect to Tanner Mays because he really was a freak of nature, but he was, he was still not a guy that many people looked at and said, he's probably going to be one of the top 70 guys in the, in the NFL draft in a few years, just because he was a tweener in the worst way. You know what I mean? He was, a yeah. he was, he was too big to be a safety, a little too stiff, but maybe not strong enough at the point to be a backer. And look at it. So with that being said, you lose both of your coordinators. You have a quarterback situation that while everybody, I, I'm sorry, I don't get it. I don't see what everybody sees in DJ. I don't see I don't, it, it at all. I think, I, it's, I think it's going to be Cade's job to lose halfway through the season. When I saw him play his freshman year, I knew right away, oh, he's not that good. And everybody said, well, how do you say that, Ken? He threw for 400-some-odd yards and all this and all that and da-da-da-da-da. Do you know who his leading receiver was during that time? Travis Etienne. Travis Etienne was his leading receiver. Travis Etienne had more receptions and yards than any other receiver for Clemson over the course of the games that he replaced Trevor Lawrence. Why is that important? Travis Etienne was a matchup nightmare. For oh, yeah. any defense. It didn't matter what linebackers you had. It didn't matter what safety you had. Travis Etienne is the ACC's all-time leading rusher. This man was different. He People really, that he is the guy to me that gets the least credit for what he actually did in terms of 
how impactful he was for Clemson and how long he was impactful for Clemson. This man did things that were flatly dynamic every time he touched the ball, regardless of the positioning he was touching the ball from. And so you see that all of his yards are coming from either check downs or option routes to a running back when teams are having to account for all of this talent on the outside. And then you say to yourself, I said coming into the year, I said, I don't know. I don't know about DJ. I don't know about him. And as the year went on, he looked worse and worse and worse. He got replaced at one point by the guy that they said was a bigger Russell Wilson. Yeah, Dabo. I don't know about how honest you were being there. But with that being said, again, even if we say, well, it's the new guy's job to lose, that's fine. You're still talking about it. He's not played a single snap, though. Exactly. And, And now watch this. What if the same thing that happens with DJ happens with him? Because DJ if- was a DJ was a top ten guy. I mean, like they they're talking like this guy's a surefire guy. Well, DJ oh. was supposed to be too. And that's the thing. They're still saying that DJ is going to be a top ten pick in next year's draft. I'm telling you, I don't know where people are getting the information that they're getting about Clemson. And this is no disrespect to Clemson. I don't think that they're a bad program by any uh, any means of the, uh, by any stretch of the imagination. What they did was legendary. What they did will go down as one of the greatest dynasties in college football history. With that being said, mm-hmm. you can only live off the pawn the helmet for so long. At some point in time, you got to show and prove. Can this team show and prove that? Can this team show and prove a? I don't know what y'all thought it was from last year, but we're still the class of the conference. Last year was the aberration, not the rule going forward. Show us, because it seems to me, it seems to me like an empire in decay. You got folks leaving left and right. You got a lot of folks worried about your quarterback situation. You, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm All I'm saying is, did, uh, Coach Dorn, this is your year, and I didn't mean to make that about Clemson. But I just, I it, it really. I think it, I think it all kind of goes together because yeah, it, you, you're talking. A lot of people, a lot of people are kind of. Not, I'm not saying they're putting them on the back burner, but they're kind of doing the same thing with Wake Forest. Like, oh, you forgot that Clemson's back, and, and I look at it, and I'm kind of with you because they have the personnel on defense. They returned a lot of studs on that defense. I'm, I'm, we're gonna okay. we're gonna be able to tell. We're gonna be able to tell right away how that loss of Brent Venables is going to affect this team. Again, I'm more worried about Wake Forest than I am about Clemson. And that's just the reality. That's, that's just the real. You can say what you want if about you play him in Winston-Salem. You can't handle um, referees adding a second back on the clock without a <laughs> – I digress. I, I'm not going to get myself too worked up. They're coming to rally this time. They're coming to rally oh, this good, time. Good. Yeah, that's, even, that's with good that, even with that being said, even though we're good against uh, Wake Forest at home, the fact of the matter is you still got to go to Clemson and win that game. So, oh, you know, here. that Valley is nuts. It's a raucous environment and all that. But Louisville is a team that, I mean, let's be honest, Louisville and NC State defensively had some of the same problems. Not to say that they were the same caliber of defense or that you saw me the same thing, but Louisville had the problem of their corners at the moment of truth panicked and blew games that there was no way. You just look up and you're – you were like, what are you doing? I mean, these games are wild, man, with multiple fourth. And a lot of people – what, what frustrates a lot of Louisville fans is because a lot of it was people were thinking about what, what are we doing in terms of our 
um, you know, formations in terms of our identity on defense because teams were really, really hurting us like slants over the middle, like immediately, you know, going five yards and turning around, killing us in their intermediate routes. And our cornerbacks are still playing 10 yards off the ball. There's a lot of, you know, zone coverage to where it's like, I mean, I know you're not trying to tell me that Kittrell Clark cannot match up with some of these guys one-on-one and, and, and kind of going down the line. That's kind of what frustrated a lot of Louisville fans is like, we've got the athletes in the defensive backs room. If you get burned one-on-one, you get burned, but something's not working. It seemed like it was just a recurring issue last year that going into this year, it's a year for Dave Dorn, but Scott Satterfield, there, there's a lot riding on this season for him too. Maybe not ACC championship-wise, but – Something's got to give on defense. And he let me tell you, excuses either. And let me tell you, with Tony Gibson's unit, everybody knows the front seven is going to be one of the best in the nation. Great, great. Okay, good. That back end, that back end. Mm-hmm. What are y'all going to do? Because Charleston Rambo darn near got drafted off of what he did against NC State alone. I mean, he he couldn't be stopped. He couldn't be stopped. Every time you looked up, Charleston was hitting us for a big play again. Tyler Van Dyke had a real easy day. Uh, what's what's the phrase? It was uh, summertime and the living is easy. That's what it was. Every time he went to look for Charleston Rambo, living got real easy for him. So with that being said, how are our outside corners going to play? The same thing that killed us at Wake Forest. We were in a fourth and 13, the game on the line, and you let them convert because your corners panic at the moment of truth. So – we face similar situations as far as, you know, maybe maybe not maybe so much of our – maybe we had opposite problems. Maybe your your defensive coordinator didn't trust your DBs enough. Maybe ours trusted our corners too much. Maybe we both <laughs> got to find a middle ground. To where Regardless, there was, there was some – there was a lot to be desired from the back end of the defense. Exactly, exactly. So, so with that being said, I, I think that this could be – a really, really banner year for not just NC State football, but NC State sports as a whole. Before, Dalton, I'm looking at you, and I don't know how old you are, but I know that both of us were not alive last time NC State won a conference championship in men's basketball, baseball, or football. I know that for a fact. How old are you, Dalton? 24. 24, not even close. So (laughs) with that being said, with that being said, this is a year that could change that could change the fortunes of or that could change where NC State is in terms of uh, their marquee and cachet going forward for a very long time. But I want to flip this question on this head and ask you, what are sure. the expectations going in for Louisville? Because we all know Satterfield's seat, I wouldn't say it's the hottest in the ACC. I would say that that's uh, uh, old boy up at uh, Syracuse. I think that yeah. Dino uh, Dino Baber. Dino Baber's seat is, is hotter than the, the sidewalk on Arizona in the middle of August. But Scott Satterfield, Scott Satterfield, he, that, that temperature turning up a little bit. What's, so what are the expectations for Louisville this year? I will say that the um, the coals in which that seat is uh, burning on um, have kind of uh, you know tampered just a little bit, kind of cooled down a bit with the way that they are recruiting. In the 2023 class, that was one of uh, the big concerns for Satterfield. Was okay. When's he going to start recruiting at, at a at a you know at a better rate? And granted, he's done that with the introduction of NIL and stuff like that. Kenton, the problem with Scott Satterfield's tenure so far at Louisville is that year one, after coming off the worst year in program history, two and ten, Bobby Petrino flames out. He comes in the program immediately, wins eight games. Mm-hmm. completely blows all of the expectations out of the water. Well, 
a lot of that year was winning 50-50 ball games. The next year, the next two seasons, now obviously the COVID year, it, it is what it is. It is what you make of it. 500 or under 500 record. They went four and seven. The year after that, well, we're, we're, we're six and seven. So the 50-50 games we won in year one, it's been pretty much the opposite in year two. A lot of people are kind of done with the moral victory talk, the whole, you know, we're getting better. It's just uh, we're a couple plays away, especially when you consider the fourth quarter debacles that this team has had. Um, so really, year four, it's all about results. And I think that a lot of people in the city kind of have seven wins kind of pinned as as the the measuring stick. Um, I think that people will be okay with with a with a bowl, honestly. But anything under that, and things get real interesting heading into next December. Um, the rivalry game against Kentucky cannot be a blowout like it has been since 2018. Um, so it's not too sky high of expectations. Um, I, I think that you know seven to eight games is winnable. Uh, for me, though, the expectation is you have to win seven because the schedule warrants it. You have the opportunities. Um, does get a little difficult in the back end. But seven games is where we're at, and year four with some like 18 combined starters on both sides of the ball coming back, including Malik Cunningham, you got to get the results done. You know what's interesting? Dan Walken of uh, the Associated Press said that um, Dave Dorn got a contract extension. I want to say it was heading into last year, and he said that, uh, well, Dave Dorn just showed that winning eight games is good enough to get you a contract extension at uh, NC State. And then my mom, I said, when it, he said winning eight games consistently is enough to get a contract extension at NC State. And I said, winning eight games is enough to get a contract extension at almost every program in the country. Right. There's there, there's only about there's only about, I want to say, 15 programs that like if you consistently win eight, people are looking like oh, Nine, neither of those neither of our programs are in that top 15. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. But, but I'm gonna tell you though, some of those programs you need to, you know, um, uh, what does Stephen A. always say? Lay off the weed because, <laughs> because your program isn't that program anymore. Uh, and I'm not going to exactly. I'm not going to say any names, but I mean, you know I, mean? I will. Like, I'll name drop. But <laughs> well, you know what? I, I'll go ahead and match your energy. USC, y'all aren't that squad anymore. Y'all should be happy with eight wins. Y'all should be extremely elated with that. Like, like come on. But anywho, that's the reality, right? Like, there's a, a very select few teams that would not be happy with eight wins. So I agree. I think if Scott Satterfield wins seven, eight games, I think that's who that seat cools off tremendously. I now anything over eight, they may build that man a statue. They I'm just saying if he if he has an eight win season, a nine, ten win season, I don't know if they're ready for a statue because I'll tell you, I'll tell you, Kenton, there was a a time last December, very early December, where if you would have asked me um, 24 hours before a Friday night news dump, I would have told you I thought that um, you know Scott Satterfield was going to be out as the head coach at Louisville, and, Bra- and uh, Jeff Brom would be entered in. Um, things kind of changed, it seemed like, or at least yeah, it seemed like there was a lot of conflicting reports. So I, I say all that to say this: even if, I mean, if Scott Satterfield goes out and he wins nine games this year, a lot of people are going to be like, "Okay, we're back on the Satterfield train. Do it again." Yeah, Go out yeah. and do it again because yeah. you know the recruiting class. Like people are are starting to like starting to look at the prices of admission to get back on the Satterfield train, but they're not going to buy those tickets until Louisville starts winning those games. And that's and at the end of the day, winning cures all. Winning cures all. What's the yes. highest level? What's the highest level you play ball at, dog? Um, high school. 
Okay, I played for NC State. I was part of Doran's first recruiting class. And let me tell you something. I Being a part of his first recruiting class, I saw what fans say when, you know, you're not good, when the team isn't good, when there's dissension in the locker room and there's, you know, this divide of OB recruits, sure. Doran recruits, all that good stuff. I've seen it. I've seen it in real life. Winning cures all. I don't care what's happening in your program. I don't care what ridiculousness is happening. And I've seen in other programs where much worse things than losing are going on. But right. if your team on Saturday can have more points than their opponent on a consistent basis, nobody's going to care. So, you know what I mean? He, Satterfield seems to run a clean program. It looks like we won't see him on a, on a motorcycle with uh, any, any interns or anything like that. I so, hope, I hope you know, not. <laughs> so, I hope not. You know, it, it's too a, much it's a going situ- on at Louisville already, man. I <laughs> we need listen. to relax. Hey, listen, listen. I, I get it. I get it. It's it's the nature of college sports, baby. Every time you look up, the adults are the ones misbehaving. But the reality is, the reality is, winning cures all. Right at the end of the day, I said the same thing about Doran after that year, where everybody named Mama who put on the NC State jersey got hurt, and everybody said, "Oh, Doran's terrible," and and we've seen he can't win the big games. And da da da. All I said was. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. One way or the other, he'll either be out after next year or he'll show us he can do some things. And then all of a sudden, there were two straight years that went really, really well. And I'm like, okay, you see, this is why. This is why you don't uh, you don't necessarily hang your hat on a year, a bad year or a bad two years. Don't worry about it. Now, if you see, exactly. <laughs> relax. Now, if you see that this becomes the rule instead of aberration, then you have the conversation. If the rule for your coach is four to five wins, hold, you can't have that. But if it's an aberration season where you do that, you'll be all right. Relax. You'll figure it out. And that's kind of where Louisville is. And um, it's one of those things to where, like, a a handful of these games are kind of like the measuring stick here for Louisville. And and I think that there's only a couple games on the schedule that I have truly pinned as losses for the Cardinals. Mm I have Kentucky pinned as a loss. I I have Clemson pinned as a loss because we, you know, last year was probably the worst year it, almost in Dabo's tenure, and Louisville still couldn't beat him. I'm convinced we're cursed. Um, I feel better about the Wake Forest game than I do the NC State game. I'll tell you why here in just a second. Here in the next segment, after we talk about our friends over at Bet Online. Look, BetOnline.net has been your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info throughout the athletic seasons. Find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news this season, including this year's NHL playoffs. Shout out to the Colorado Avalanche on winning the Stanley Cup, by the way, and the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And it's the best spot for your podcast and news all season long. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online is where the game starts. Final segment of this special locked over, locked over, locked on crossover podcast episode featuring the Locked On Louisville and Locked On Wolfpack shows. Uh, Dalton Pence here with Kenton Gibbs. Kenton, I mentioned that there is a reason why I feel better. Uh, about the Wake Forest game than the NC State game, and that reason's name is Devin Leary. Mm-hmm. I will tell you, I, I get the hype between Wake Forest, um, but I, I think that Louisville 
historically is does a little bit better matching up with Wake Forest. Um, they looked pretty solid against Sam Hartman last year, played them pretty toughly in Winston-Salem. Sure, they have a lot coming back. So does Louisville. It's a game to where, hey, Wake Forest had a ton of offense. It was a, it was a game where they were throwing punches back and forth. It wasn't like Wake Forest laid an egg. They played a very solid game. Um I'll just completely put it out there. I think when I talked last week on the Locked On Louisville podcast about uh, Louisville fans being upset that Malik Cunningham was like a fourth-team all-ACC preseason selection, according to a media member, I was like, relax. There's a lot of good quarterbacks in this conference, and I said it for the record, I think Devin Leary is the best quarterback in the conference. What we saw from him last year, even though some of his pers- there's some personnel changes, I he he's one of those guys that like, if NC State has a good year, I understand it's probably C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young's award to lose. But, man, I feel I feel like on the outside looking in, Devin Leary is one of those maybe Heisman dark horses. You know, there was one person who told everybody, <laughs> you who know. told everybody, I, I'm going to just tell you now. I'm gonna just say, you, you, can ask, you can ask anybody who knows me. I'm a little bit of a know-it-all. I like being right. I enjoy it. And I told everybody. You should. But, <laughs> you should before, like before the COVID year even ended, I told everybody, whatever NC State does this year, do not worry about it. Devin Leary is going to come back and take this team to a next level. Not only is he going to come back and take this team to a next level, he's going to have a dynamic season in which he's going to darn near rewrite the record books. And everybody said I was crazy and that he hadn't proven anything and all this and all that. And I said, well, let's just do this. Look at the sample size we had expound that over a season and look at what that looks like. And everybody said, well, well, he had, he barely put, he played the garbage time against Virginia tech and Duke's defense wasn't anything. And da, 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 da. I was okay. All right. Just wait. And well, 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 would you looky here? Look how the turntables, because ladies and gentlemen, this one, I'm, I'm trying to tell you, Devin Leary had all the tools coming in. And when I saw him um, last year, or not last year, the year before last in the COVID year, when he came in and NC State went on that winning streak and they looked really, really good. I knew right then, I said, he's the guy, not only is he the guy of the future, he's going to take us into, if he stays healthy and this team stays healthy, he he could very possibly usher us into a new era of NC State football in terms of success. With that being said, um, in, the ACC does have a lot of good quarterbacks. We've had a lot. The AC, people don't realize how great this run of ACC quarterbacks is. And I mentioned them it's earlier in the little name drop. But go down from Jameis Winston all the way through now and think about some of the quarterbacks that I played in this conference. You got oh, yeah. Jameis, you got Jameis right up there. You got uh Deshaun Watson up there. You got Trevor Lawrence up there. You got Lamar Jackson winning the Heisman in there. You got Kenny Pickett, who was a Heisman uh guy in there. You got a ton of great quarterback, De'Aaron King. Coming in, that's the guy that I said was most like Russell Wilson I've, I've seen. That is a, a bad man right there. you got a ton of guys who have come into the ACC and right. placed in it. You've got uh, the greatest quarterback in UNC history. And in, in, um, I'm struggling for this young man's name. Help me out. Help me out. I don't like the boys in baby blue, so I try to forget as much about him as possible. Same now. Sam Howe, there we go. That guy. Anyway, um, yeah, we've you've got a lot, a lot of really good quarterbacks that have come through this conference recently. If your guy is not being talked about as the best guy, it's okay. This quarterback right. class is 
crazy. This is crazy. Now, I don't know why everybody's so high on Tyler Van Dyke, but that's another conversation for another time. But I think he's top five, being, but I think he's going to be top five. But Yeah, I think he's top five, but I don't think everybody's like, oh, he's number one or he's two like or two A. I, I, I agree. I can't give him higher than four. I, I think that there's – I think you've got uh, – In a new in a new coach, new system, yeah, let's, let's pump the brakes a bit. And his number one guy is going who, let's be honest, his number one guy – he made him look great. It wasn't the other way around. But that's another story for another time. Long story short, I've got – this is a situation where Louisville fans, it don't matter. Y'all can – if he is the fourth best quarterback in this conference and everybody plays like everyone believes they will, y'all will have some darn good quarterback play. That The fourth best quarterback in this conference – we're not talking about the, the, the Pac-12 where, like, who would be the fourth best quarterback in the Pac-12, right? Like – you you wouldn't think what is, like, it, is it what is it uh what's his name Caleb Williams would that be who I mean I, I guess mean, I, I don't but but so here's my thing if you go down What's the last time of, a Pac-12 team truly did something but uh, that's that's my thing if you look <laughs> at the if you look at the other conferences right and you say well who are the conferences with very strong quarterback play I don't think that you have that many where you go the fourth best quarterback is still going to be a bad dude that's going to be a guy that is an absolute game changer, game plan record. Whatever you wrote at, at coming into this game, you might have to rip it up at halftime and try something totally new. And Malik Cunningham is that type of guy. If you let him get rolling, if his, if his receiving core helps him out, if his running backs can actually make a legit a legitimate threat on that read option to where you're not thinking, hey, listen, listen, Defensive end, stay with Malik. I don't care if that running back gets the ball. I've literally seen situations where it's been laughable if the quarterback has the ball, Lamar Jackson. And so, <laughs> with that being said, like you, you, if they can give more in terms of uh, the help, in terms of being, you know, yeah, Gladys Knight is Gladys Knight, but the pips were great too. If the pips can be good, you know, you'll be, you'll have a good time. But, um, yeah, right. Malik Cunningham, he's a bad dude. And I'll tell you what, I'm not I'm not going to try to be spicy and edgy and say like, ooh, there's somebody else on Louisville's team that scares me the most. Absolutely not. Malik Cunningham is the type of guy, when I was playing, he was the type of guy that you would know all week like, hey, listen, I'm, every game I come into, I come into with my P's and Q's, but there were different players that I had to know. Like, all right, what's their thing? I need to know their thing. You know what I mean? Some teams, it was like, okay, the guard. I need to know his thing because he's a bad boy. If, if I don't know his thing, he'll embarrass me. If, if the, Who's the running back? What's his thing? Or the center? or the, With Louisville, it's very clear. Malik Cunningham is the heart and soul. The team goes as he goes. Sure but do. with that being said, the team goes where they help him to get to. Because, I mean, people say the quarterback is the most important position in football, but I also say it's the most dependent position in football. The quarterback depends on more people to do their job right than any other position. If a defensive tackle is great at what he does, he's great at what he does, regardless. If a cornerback is great at what he does, he's great at what he does, regardless. A quarterback, they need help. They need folks to get open. They need folks to open holes. They need those things. So what are the, the other guys going to do to step up and help Malik Cunningham but make no bones about it? If I'm a defensive coordinator, you know, I'm already bald, but if I had hair left, I wouldn't be losing, <laughs> I wouldn't be losing any hair strands over, oh, man, who in that receiving room is going to uh, break out this year? 
Especially no, since uh, today's episode was about uh, a wide receiver group that has to have somebody step up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. And that, that's that's exactly my point. Like I'm not I'm not losing sleep over nobody else. I'm not, you know, oh man, oh who's who's gonna be the guy? And nobody else but uh but Malik Cunningham. And that and that's kind of the kind of the thing that you know, I, I'm not as familiar with NC State's offense as I was last year, obviously with the season not even started yet. Um, I'm mm-hmm. interested to see how they're going to replace Equanu. Um, how they're going to replace guys like Emeka Amezi, like you mentioned, what the running back committee is going to look like in company. But let's be honest, the fact that they still have Devin Leary there. I remember when I heard he was come back, I'm sitting there going, damn, stop, <laughs> just stop. And then like almost like simultaneously, Sam Hartman's like, man, you know what? I'll come back too. And I'm just sitting there like, Okay, well, I guess we're running it back, fellas. Brennan Armstrong, come on back in. Sure enough, he did. So the guys are back. You know, it makes sense. It makes sense for the first two. I don't think Brennan Armstrong has too much more money out there to go get. I, I really don't. I don't think that he had a, a banner year last year. He had a crazy. How much better can you get in an offense that literally only throws the ball? And that's what I'm saying. He had a year where it's like, that's he said, I want to do it get. again. That's you know, uh, hey, listen, maybe maybe they got some crazy nil going on in Charlottesville. Maybe they got something that's uh, I I passed through Charlottesville on trips to other places before. And I ain't never seen nothing that's like, oh, I want to be here. There but much that, there. But the, exactly, there. exactly. But with that being said, you know, this is again, this is a deep ACC quarterback uh, situation. And again, I don't. I'm glad that we're both very honest people with ourselves, and we're both very yeah. honest about the fact that our quarterbacks are the show. They're the show. And you know what I mean? Like, realistically, okay. NC State's defense has a lot of big names. And, you know, uh, you look at guys like um, Peyton Wilson, who is a five-star, who is a – from the mo- first time I ever saw him play at Orange High School forward, I knew he has it. You you don't know what it is. You can't quantify it. But you know when you're watching somebody that's just better than everybody else, and not only are they bigger, stronger, faster, they got that factor of like, yeah, I'm the guy. What are you going to do about it? He has that. You got Isaiah Moore. You got Drake Thomas. You got two linebackers that are very uh, – what what's the word I want to look at? Polar opposites, I would like to say, because Isaiah Moore is extremely cerebral. Just a, a, a man – a thinking man. You can tell that he thinks the, his way through the game like nobody does. And Drake Thomas, right. who's a bowling ball, a butcher notch, is going – everything that's in his way. <laughs> Come here. Let's, let's do some thudding. Let's do some hitting. Uh, you got those guys. And and you're looking at the linebackers that are behind them and, and Poole and some other guys, you're looking at a lot of guys who could potentially, you know, shake some things up defensively. But again, this season, nobody is going to be – I don't think that anybody would be looking back and saying NC State won the ACC championship solely because the defense was as great as they were. I don't think that would be the case. I think if NC State is to win – the ACC championship, if NC State is to potentially get a playoff bid or Devin Leary is to potentially be the Heisman dark horse that creeps his way into that race, it will be because Devin Leary has a dominant year in which he really does rewrite uh, NC State's record books, which, by the way, is held by one of the best quarterbacks in NFL history in Phillip Rivers. I'm a Chargers, so I'm I'm well aware of uh, Mr. Rivers. 
Hey, listen, Dalton, I, I liked you until you said uh, congratulations to the Avalanche. I hate those guys. I'm a Red Wings guy. I'm a Preds oh. fan, buddy. They are in the same division as us. It kills me to say that, but I, I, I said it because it was still in the ad read, and I'm like, well, what am I going to say? Sorry to the Tampa Bay Lightning. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Lightning, I'm so yeah. sorry to see this happen. I'm so, I'm so sorry, Tampa. Uh, after you won two straight, I'm so, so sorry. But Tampa, regardless. Listen, salary cap, salary smack. We love you, Tampa. You know, who cares if you got a little creative with the salary cap? You were the best team money could buy, you know? And 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 if you would have got another one, or if any other team would have beat you, except the Lightning, I mean, except the uh, Avs or the Blackhawks, I would have been happy. I would have been happy, right? If the Avs or the Blackhawks ah. ever found their way into a series, I'd root for the Asteroid. But with that being said, <laughs> with that being said, Dalton, you're still my guy, and I got to have you on Locked On Wolfpack uh, before oh. the game, all right? Of course, man. For all of those listening, definitely check out both Locked On Louisville and Locked On Wolfpack on all streaming services, both shows running five days a week. Your teams both Every day, that's going to wrap up this special crossover episode of the shows. Everyone have a great day. We'll see you on your regular scheduled programming here in the next couple days.